Another place that can help is I would say find some personal connections. That's so I, I think this is really important. And when I think of personal connections, I, I think of have find some relationships with people who are in the same stage you are or similar. Mm-hmm. They're raising kids that are about the same age as your kids. There's there's safety in numbers. There's comfort in numbers. You find out that you're not the only one struggling. Mm-hmm. Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents Podcast, a Saddleback Parents Podcast, has arrived for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. Okay, okay. Chris... Producer, producer Chris. Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, is that the same music that's the background of our intro when we have the the intro about? It isn't. It's no, not. It's, it's not the background music. No, it's no but I feel so relaxed oh. and happy right now. I do feel I incredibly <laughs> well, it's been joyful. Such a stressful morning for some of us. Well, and spring has sprung, and that's very springy music. Yes, fiesta, fiesta del sol, oh, Art fiesta. party of the sun. Oh. Oh, wow. It did not sound fiesta-ish to me, but... <laughs> no, no, not fiesta. Party of the seems, sun. It feels yeah. like twinkly. twinkly. Twinkly toddler. Nice. Is that the new Is that the new normal? Is that we're going to have a different intro song every week? Is that kind of the plan, Chris? That, that would be fun. You guys want to do that? You I never know I, what to I, expect. I, let's do it. With producer um, Chris. Let's do it. <laughs> Chris, we'll see how it works. Chris, you he's do, an adventurer. He, he's an adventurer. Chris, you do you. It's been quite a morning. We did need, we did Ooh. need, we've had some off microphone, off camera fiascos. We've been having some Is, technology yeah. adventures before My the podcast goodness. even started. Murphy's <laughs> law of podcasting Everything was like that can in go wrong. full effect this morning. We don't yeah. need to rehash with our audience. Oh, man. They'll lose complete confidence in anything else we have to say <laughs> if they know the problems we had. I'm so it, glad I'm off camera because I am like sweating. <laughs> You were working really hard. <laughs> well, it's extra pressure. Grace and I are just sitting here in our chairs while Chris runs around trying to problem solve everything. Pointing at the wires. How about yeah, that one? How about that we, one? Yeah, we're just giving him directions. <laughs> try this. Try that. Check this. Go faster. <laughs> we appreci- appreciate you, uh, producer Chris. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. Please forgive the family <laughs> the little window in our family drama. Um, but welcome back to another episode of our On Purpose Parents podcast. As always, I'm Kurt Johnson here with my good friend and co-host. Grace. And as always, the wonderful producer Chris hey, back everybody. there who is killing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, A few really little is. problems oh, along man. the way. Does doesn't not change him, our love for Chris. <laughs> it doesn't even phase him. I kind of, I kind of wish it would phase him a little bit, oh, but so we don't have the same problems next week. <laughs> <laughs> I need him to be just a little bit phased. <laughs> oh man! No. Anyway, nice. well, hey, as we do every now and then, we are taking a break from um, our normal routine, which is usually a series of mm-hmm. topics or kind of one topic at a time, to do a. Q&A. And during Q&A, Chris, producer Chris, digs into our bottomless mailbox of fives of questions. I was going to say, say hundreds. <laughs> I was going to say dozens. And it's really like three questions. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. enough for an episode. Just enough for an episode. 
But he got he, he scraped the barrel and got three questions for today's podcast. And so we're going to move through those and we'll tackle each question one at a time. These are questions that have been submitted to our website, not to our website, to our email at parents at saddleback.com. Parents at saddleback.com. All joking aside, we do have more than three in there, but mm -hmm. we always want more and more and more questions. So if mm -hmm. you have a question about any aspect of parenting, send that to us at parents at saddleback.com and in a very in one of our upcoming Q&A episodes, we'll, we'll most likely tackle your question. Yep. All right. So, Chris, let's jump right into it. Let's do it. What's our first question? Today? First question is, how do I form family values? Which ones are most important? Mm. Ooh, that's a great question. I love this question. We kind of talked a little bit about some family values in a recent episode, didn't we? Yeah. Or an upcoming episode. We're going to. I can't remember. Yeah. Um Past episode. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate this question uh, because in my opinion, being intentional about family values is probably one of the most important things we can do as parents. Yeah. And I think it's so important because it's actually so easy to miss the mark in a way. And it's actually so easy to pass on values that we have been given to us by our mm. families that may actually not be the most healthy or the most life-giving values right. if we're not aware of it yep. and if we're not intentional about it. So I love that this parent is asking that question because um, it's giving that parent, it's giving us and it's giving our listeners a chance to think, am I yeah. intentional Grace, about would values? You, would you be of the opinion that every family does have values? They're either they're either like intentionally spelled out or not. Right. But every family has values that we're teaching our kids. Mm -hmm. We're trying to say, or this question is, how do we get a little bit more specific with our values, more right. intentional with and our purposeful values, about and purposeful? It. That's yeah. exactly right, Kurt. Um, in the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, again, one of my favorite books, Pete Scazzaro, the author, he says is basically what you're saying. Um, he talks about how our families have imprinted certain ways of behaving, of thinking into us, and they may have been explicitly stated, right. but most of the time they're unspoken and they become these hardwired code of conduct that we carry into all of our relationships, mm. expectations that we carry into all of our relationships. And um, he gives some examples from the book, again, of some of these values that we may be carrying around and passing on to our kids that, again, may just not be the healthiest yeah. or the ones that we really would want to do if we were thoughtful about it. Um, and so I'm curious if any of these resonate with our listeners. I know it definitely resonates. Many of these resonated with me. But some of these values, unspoken but taught, may have been things like the more money you have, the more important you are. Um, avoid conflict at all costs mm. and don't let people get mad at you. Some of these other rules or values may be sadness is a sign of weakness. Sarcasm is an acceptable way to release anger. Oops. Duty to family and culture <laughs> comes before everything. Don't show vulnerability. Only be close to people who are like you. And this is a really pervasive one. You must achieve to be loved. Mm. So one thing Pete really encourages in that book is that really as parents, we should reflect on these messages we were handed from our own families and then submit them to God mm. and to scripture and test them and say, yeah. is this the values 
are these the values that God wants me to continue to promote in within my own family, to my own kids? Um, so I'll just say that gets to the second half of the question, which is which are the most important ones? And I'll say as people who follow Jesus, we believe that God has so many wonderful values for us that are found in scripture. And these aren't things, I think sometimes it gets, you know, misconstrued um, by, you know, maybe the general population that these aren't things that make us better than anyone else or more holier than thou. It's not like, but these values are just things that actually give us a more fulfilling life, a more free life. It frees us to love ourselves, to love other people. And it frees us from chasing after those things that um, we look for for worth that ultimately fail us. Right. So these are, again, life-giving yeah. values in Scripture. And I'll just give one example. For example, one of the values we may have been taught might be that we're not allowed to be depressed. Grief is something uncomfortable and something to be avoided and minimized as quickly as possible, especially if you believe in God. It's like You can't be someone who believes in God and be sad. You know, that might have been the value. You, the value is you must be happy. You must be right, cheerful. Right. You must be smiling all the time. Um, but scripture doesn't support that. Right. You know, in the Bible, God shows that we are made in his image. And in his image, we are multifaceted. We are emotional. We are physical. We are spiritual. We are mental. And if we deny our emotions, that is in a way denying a part of our humanity and how God is allowed, created us. And it's really important that we allow ourselves to be sorrowful and allow ourselves to grieve and have God meet us in that. Mm. So that's just sort of an example of something I've been going through in my life too, is how do I take some certain values that may have been passed on to me that I just might have been unwittingly, you know, passing on to my own kids and how do I change that and be more thoughtful and purposeful about it? Well, And based on the truths of scripture, right? Yeah. Um, I, I love that. It's an interesting thought about values. How do we, how do we pick family values? Because if we're going back to scripture, the Bible is full mm-hmm. of wisdom and instruction that we would say is extremely valuable mm-hmm. and important. And the, there, there are probably hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of family values that we would find right in scripture. And then you tack on value, other values that, that maybe aren't like clearly written out in scripture, but would be supported Mm -hmm. by scripture. And all of a sudden you can say, my goodness, out of the thousands of potential really good values, how do we pick some? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a challenge, right? Um, So I kind of, my mind went a little bit to sort of like corporate values. Most, Most companies and most businesses have their little set of values. And when they highlight these three or four values, they're not by definition saying, these are the only values we have. Right, They're not right, saying right. we don't care about anything else. That's a good point. But yeah. these are the ones that are going to sort of like rule our day-to-day. Some of these values probably, it's sort of like in the New Testament when Jesus says, hey, all the laws of the prophets can be summarized in these two laws. Mm-hmm. And it's not that all these other laws were suddenly not important, but these two laws, if you get these two things right you're fulfilling all the other ones. Mm. And so sometimes I think, okay, if we're going to come up with some family values, let's come up with some family values that might, at least some of them, kind of incorporate 
a whole bunch of the other ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that we might be concerned about. So here, here's my th- a couple of thoughts when it comes to picking some family values. I, I think there's two types of family values that we need to be aware of. One type would be what I would call timely values. They're timely. And those might change from season to season and the life stage. Mm. So you might have some values, some family values when your children are five, six, seven, eight, that change when your kids become 14, 15, mm. 16. They're, they're timely and they might change from season to season. And then I think there are some values that are timeless, mm. that their values, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter where we are as a family, there are some timeless values that we hold to and we stick to no matter what. Mm. In all seasons, for all eternities, the the Smith family, ABC, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think if you're really thinking about values, I would suggest you limit it to maybe a maximum of about five. You can't remember more than that. You can't can't reinforce. You can't really reinforce more than that. Um, If if you have 552 values, then at some point you're kind of like, okay, do we have any values? Because I can't remember any of them. Right, exactly. um, So I I would pick maybe three or four or five values that you say, Hey, as a family, these are the things and examples, you know, these are just random examples would be honesty, Mm -hmm. um, peacemaking. We have each other's backs. The Smiths have each other's backs, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever they are, Jesus above all, like that could be a family value. Jesus above all, right? Jesus is, Jesus is first. You just make a few but don't have too many, have three or four or five. And then you have to decide, and this is for whether you're a single parent or if you're a spouse, if you have a spouse, okay, how do, how do we reinforce those and instill those? And how do we come back? How do we do those values or how do those values um, impact our, when we discipline when we have conflict, right, when yeah. we're disappointed, yeah, how does it all play out? How does it really play yeah. out in real life? In real right. life, not just theory. You know, yeah. Tina and I, I'm glad you said five because Tina and I we we had went out uh, when the kids were real young and we're like, okay, what are we going to say is important to the Reed family? What mm-hmm. are what are the values? And we just randomly picked five. So yeah. I'm glad that you said that. So I think we did something right with that. The Johnsons aren't as smart as the Reeds. We, we only had three. We, 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 we landed on three because we're like, if, if we want to make sure we can at least have some and success. We talked about this in a previous episode, but I think we were saying Sam and I and the girls are trying to figure out seven, our seven G's, oh, yeah. values that started Great. with G's. Because you love that. That's a perfect <laughs> number. She's such an overachiever. Yeah. But one but of ours is actually good. honesty, and you brought that up. So ours all started with H, yes. which was, which was <laughs> my, my doing. Tina but that helps. Like, that that yeah. helps them remember them. Yeah. 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 Ours were all, they all had to be, really we had one value and then it was three, but uh, our value like was true. Points. Like we are true to mm. Christ, true to others mm. and true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was, th- those were our values. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. So. But I think that the point of all of this is, I mean, each family might be doing it a little bit differently. And like you said, it may be different at different seasons, but just that this parent is thinking about yes. it is so wonderful. And yep. we hope that that encourages other yeah. listeners and parents to not feel pressure. Like right. this isn't a quiz. You're not going to be judged or evaluated, but it's it's kind of exciting. Yeah, you know, what great. can we focus on as a Good. family? Okay, Chris, next question. All right. So the second question 
where are some places I can get help with parenting? Mm, gosh, that's such a that's such a great question, um, and it reflects, mm-hmm. I think, the 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 state that most parents find themselves in. Mm-hmm. You may not live, you might not live there like consistently. I need help. I need help. I need help. But you always visit there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sooner or later, every parent goes. Oh, yes. How do we get some help yeah. for this situation or for this season? Um, so it's such a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, just three quick, really, these are just super duper pragmatic thoughts, but I, I would say you can get help in, in one of three places. And one is you want to find some practical tools and resources, mm-hmm. just practical tools and resources. This podcast would be an example of mm-hmm. practical tools and resources. There are so many great parenting books. If you're a person of faith, there's a, a dozens and hundreds, there's so many Christian based faith-based parenting books. If you're not a person of faith, there are amazing parenting books that will help you out. Mm -hmm. There's blogs, websites, um, just Google help for parents, Mm -hmm. help for parents, and you will get inundated with just really practical tools and resources. Another place to get help is I would say, find some personal connections. That's so I, I think this is really important. And when I think of personal connections, I, I think of have find some relationships with people who are in the same stage you are or similar. Mm-hmm. They're raising kids that are about the same age as your kids. There's there's safety in numbers. There's comfort in numbers. You find out that you're not the only one struggling. Mm-hmm. They've they've tackled the same thing or they're going through the same thing you are, but they've got a little bit different angle. Mm-hmm potty training. They have a different angle on that. Have, helping your kid navigate their first puppy love break breakup. Oh. They've got a different <laughs> angle. They've been there they're, or they're going through it. Having somebody mm. that you're kind of in the same life stage is fantastic. And then I would encourage you, and this is my wife and I stumbled upon this, but once we recognized it, we, we made sure we always had this in mm. our lives and we still do. And that is to have a couple who's maybe one season ahead of you, mm. just one season ahead of you yeah. that is willing to sort of be an on-call consultant saying, mm, that's good. Hey, you know, this is what we're going through. You're you've gone through this as a parent. How did you guys navigate this? Mm, yeah. How, how, how did this show up? So, so have some practical tools and resources, have personal connections, and then maybe not for everybody, but don't be afraid to and, I would encourage you to look for some professional input. Mm. There is a very important role that counseling and therapy and medical, if necessary, intervention plays a part. And don't let shame or embarrassment um, cause you to miss out on the benefits when needed of getting some professional input. So practical, personal and professional That's is so good. where yeah. I would help. Hope you at, can find some help. And look at that. All three are starting with the letter P. P. Yeah, <laughs> this I, episode I, I, is brought to you <laughs> by the letter P. I can't help myself. <laughs> it was great. I, I mean, we were myself. just talking about those things that help us think. I think that's definitely going to stick it. The only thing I'll add to that is I really resonate with your second, the personal. I think it's one of those things that is more tangible, being able to reach out to fellow parents and peers who are going through similar things or even one stage ahead is so important. Recently, I was talking to a friend and he's a dad and he was sharing and confiding that, you know, he realizes 
he has all these thoughts and struggles as a dad, how to try to do this. He didn't really have good dad modeling in his own family. And he's consciously wanting to be different for his own kids. And he's realized like, I don't really talk to anybody about being a dad. He's like, my wife has that like right. community. Uh, maybe it might be a little more natural for her, for her personality to just open up, be like, oh, I mean, I'm tired, I'm stressed. But he was saying like, I don't really like talk to other guys and say, mm. oh, I just really felt like a failure today. You know, right. like it's not a natural thing. Yep. And we we were talking and, and it struck me just, it may, the opportunities may be all around us, but we're just not used to leaning in. Yep. And, and so that's something we really encourage um, parents, to your point, maybe just open our eyes and say, is there help around yeah. us that I'm not tapping into? Yeah. A community of people that maybe I'm just so used to being independent yeah. and doing things on my own that I don't tap into yeah. that resource. And the answer for almost everybody is yes, there is help mm -hmm. and support around you. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you attend a, a church, if you're a, if you go to church, Track down your children's pastor, your children's mm -hmm. director, track down your youth pastor and ask him or her, hey, this is what we're struggling with. Do you know, are there any other families in our church mm -hmm. who've gone through a similar thing? Or can you recommend a book that would help us navigate A, B, C, or D situation that we're going through as a family? That That's, that's what... Um, your kids and youth pastors, that's what they're in the business to do. Yeah. And they, they care about mom and dads as much as they care about kids and teenagers and let them expect them. Yeah. Ask them to be a, a source of help for you on your, on your journey. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned church. One of the things that have had, that has really helped Sam and me is our small group at um, South Bay at our previous campus. And there were times where we had like a, a plan, an agenda, you know, we were going to meet together. It's just a group of parents or um, friends that are coming together and checking up on each other during the week. And we'd have this like, there would be this Bible study plan. But sometimes the entire session was just about us venting about right. parenting. Like one parent <laughs> would open up and say, you know, I was really, really, you know, focused on being patient. And I was intentional about it. And I just blew up like three times this week. I just lost it a complete fail but then a different parent would jump in and be like oh, i could relate like here's what happened to me and and the whole time would just go by where we're just talking about yeah. our weeks but we would leave those meetings oddly so refreshed and so encouraged and felt more connected and bonded with other people and it gave you a real tangible sense that i'm not alone right. i'm not the only parental screw up right. other parents are screw ups too <laughs> now it was more just like man being a parent is really, really hard. Yeah. And doing it with other people really makes it yeah. better. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, Chris. Okay, our last question. What's a productive way to discipline my kids? Oh, oh. wow. Well, <laughs> we, we put this down as a question and not a whole not a whole topic, huh? Yeah. Th this is a because this is a really interesting one. But we're gonna we're gonna move through this one kind of quick. Yeah, generally yeah, speaking. Ge generally speaking, yeah. let me get let me give you a few thoughts. Um one thought would be this is I've not thought this one all the way through. Um you this is an example. You did send us this question in advance because mm -hmm. because of the nature of it. Um but I, I so I don't know where I land on this. This is not a thought through thought. Okay, all right. <laughs> but what if you replaced discipline with disciple? Mm. What if you replace discipline? Because and my thinking on that is 
discipline feels like a one-off. You disobeyed, we must discipline you. I like the mm-hmm. word discipline over punishment for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like discipline. The Bible speaks about the importance of discipline, right? Right. But what if our perspective was we're discipling our kids? Mm. And so I have 18 years to mold them and shape them and form them into the, the adults in our case, mm-hmm. right? Um, interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. That's what we talk about here all the time. I've got 18 years to help that happen. Mm-hmm. There, there are moments where discipline has to happen, but maybe I don't have to discipline all the times I think I'm supposed to discipline mm. if I have a discipleship mindset. Because discipleship might say, hey, let's talk about the, this, this moment when you were disobedient. Mm. What, what, what do you think are the benefits to being disobedient? What, what are some negatives? Let's, let, like, maybe right. you don't have to discipline your child for being disobedient. Maybe you can disciple them towards obedience. Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of a thought that came to my mind. I'm, sooner or later, I'll unpack that. I'll do a little bit more diving into that. That's kind of Another alliteration. Good job, Um, But then pragmatically, I think when we do discipline our children, the question you always have to ask yourself is, does the punishment fit the crime? Mm. Like is, is, is whatever discipline I'm um, instilling here, is it the right discipline for the offense? Um, And, and then that leads me to my third thought that one of the ways you ensure that it is the right discipline for the offense is to hit pause mm. and avoid disciplining in the moment. It, yeah, it, it's it's so v- big. It's very rare that you have to discipline right now. Mm. In fact, most of the times when you discipline right now is when you overreact, you discipline out of anger, you say something you shouldn't. Um, the old like the old imagery and it's outdated imagery but because it was based on moms usually being at home and dads being at work, yeah. but, but it was, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, is there used to be the classic, like you wait till your father gets home right. <laughs> and when your dad gets home, the upside to that is you're hitting pause. Mm-hmm. You're hitting pause and you're saying when dad gets home or when mom gets home or you wait until an hour and a half from now and we talk again, that's good. You're hitting pause and you're cooling down. And you're maybe bringing another perspective into it and saying, hey, here's what happened today. How do, how do we want to tackle this together? What's yeah. the appropriate response? So hit pause. You almost never regret hitting pause Taking a breath. before yep. you react. Yeah, that's really good. A thought, I guess, I would share on this one is that you're right, Kurt. This could actually be a whole series of its own. There's so much we could talk about discipline. I know a lot of parents have questions on that. Um, and there are a lot of practical tips out there, things like, things that you could actually implement. So if you're interested in learning more, either, you know, let us know, we can talk about it more, or there are resources out there, like being clear about expectations, expectation setting, how can you communicate consequences so that the kids are on board? There's all those things. But the one thing I wanted to share on my end is, I think in order for any kind of discipline or strategy or technique to be useful, it has to be on a foundation of trust Mm. between the parent and the child. In other words, the greater your trust is, the more effective your discipline will be, whatever yes. method you use. And, and so I just have two quick stories on that I've experienced, either my, myself as a child and for my kids. When my parents have shared this, when they were, um, when I was younger, 
they were immigrants from Korea. They were in a new country with a new culture, a different way of doing things. And when I was like maybe around five or so entering school, they were sharing how they felt like, oh my goodness, like our daughter is getting more um, like a little bit disrespectful or kind of uh, brash in her, in the way that she's responding to our discipline. And the reason why they were feeling that and getting like riled as these young parents, immigrant parents, was because I made eye contact with them mm. when they were talking to me. I would like tur turn up my face. I would look and look at their eyeballs. And they and in Korea, you actually don't do that. When a, an elder is talking to you, you defer. You look down. Yeah. You show them honor and respect that way. If you're staring them in the eyes, it's like you're saying. Well, I'm at your level and right. you know, what do you have to tell me? So they actually said during a parent teacher conference and they were learning about the culture here in America, the teacher was like, oh, we teach our kids to look at you. Right. If I'm talking to you, you look at me, right. you know, don't look away. So it was the exact opposite. Mm. So the insight that they had was, oh, do I really know what's going on when I am thinking I need to discipline my child? Do I actually really know what's going on? And so that is mm. my point is that when your kids, one way to build that trust that as I was saying, that's the foundation of discipline is when your kids act in ways that you don't like or approve, don't immediately assume a negative intent because there might be something different going on in there. And if you really ask and question and search out your kid's perspective, there could be an underlying issue that you might be able to more effectively address. So I have one more example, I think in present day, Karis and Zoe, my two daughters, Karis um, they, and Zoe, they both play piano, same piano teacher. And I would see them getting into these arguments where Zoe, the younger one, would play Karis's songs. Mm. And Karis would get really annoyed, annoyed and yell at Zoe and say, don't play my songs. And my assumption was, Karis, why are you being so um, controlling? Like, why do you, like, why don't you just share? Don't be so selfish. Right. And so I would just scold her in that way. Like, it's not a big deal. Let Zoe play. And she would just kind of be quiet and like go off to her room. But during a piano lesson, our teacher, teacher Chris, he's great. I like overheard a whole conversation he had with Karis where Karis was like, yeah, Zoe like plays my song and I don't like it. And he was like, oh, and he was like asking her these questions. And I was like, what's going on? Because I was getting more info. And basically she was saying, I feel a little like self-conscious, like my sister's younger than me, but if she could already play the songs that I'm playing, like, does it mean that I'm just like, not progressing as fast and and he was able the teacher chris was able to really like encourage mm. her and talk about his younger brother and you know sometimes he felt jealous too and how he worked through that but you know music is something that like we can all learn together i mean he was really encouraging affirming her so effectively and i was like oh my gosh like piano teacher win and parent mom fail because i completely right just assume karis was being controlling yeah. and just being kind of like greedy about her own music. Right. And so anyway, the encouragement is if you want your discipline, whatever technique you search out to be effective, also be asking, am I building that trust mm. with my kid? Yeah. And one way to really build that trust is, am I really even understanding and open yep. to knowing what's really going on? Well, yeah. So often what we discipline is just the symptom of something deeper mm -hmm. and taking the time to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the deeper thing behind this behavior. Um, as we wrap up, I think 
if I, I think I would say this consistency is key mm. when it comes to discipline, consistency is key. And I don't mean like the, you, you can experiment with what types of discipline work best. Mm-hmm. They're, they're different for every child. Um, for some children, a timeout is effective for other children. A loss of privilege is affected as effective. You got to kind of figure out what I'm talking about is consistency in what are your expectations? Our children need to know what the expectations are because it's unfair if it's, if, if behavior is always this moving target and our kids never mm-hmm. know, am I going to get in trouble for this? I don't know. Right. Yesterday yeah. I did. It really depends on if dad had a good day mm-hmm. or bad day at work yeah. or if, if mom is feeling a little bit grumpy, she got, she's frustrated with dad well, that's going to bleed out on me. And something that I normally don't get in trouble for, I might get in trouble for it. It depends on it, what kind of mood mom or dad are in. And so be consistent with what do we expect. And and if, if you know what some of the consequences are, great. And if those consequences don't work anymore, you don't change the expectation. Hmm. You, you you change the consequence to help instill the, the proper right, you know right. mindset and attitude Good. and behavior in our kids. So, well, that's a lot the music's bad (laughs) that means we're done and we will see you next time bye everyone thanks for joining the on purpose parents podcast if you enjoyed this episode you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on itunes if you're listening on our saddleback parents youtube channel please like and leave a comment also remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends you can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000 following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com, all created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.